Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello. Welcome back. Hello. Does anybody drink 7-Up anymore? I love 7-Up. Nobody ever talks about 7-Up. Tony likes cherry 7-Up. You gotta have 7-Up, because you gotta have the 7 and 7. What are you gonna have, ginger ale and 7? Fuck that. You don't even drink 7 and 7s anymore. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John! (laughs) (laughs) Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have action adventure. I have drama and romance. I have science fiction fantasy. See, it's fun to go out. I hate when you jump my shit. (laughs) We take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe I'll listen to our podcast. You can give these films a second chance. Today's pick. On the podcast is Elaine's pick. 2013's R.I.P.D. This movie is not in Ryan Reynolds' top ten. Maybe it should be. <laughs> Maybe of it movies should be. he's done? And, and he did well, Green Lantern. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, he hasn't really done that many great movies, has he? Well, welcome back to the podcast, Ryan Reynolds, first of all. And well, we're not even there yet. And he did Green Lantern, and he did X-Men Origins, Wolverine. I mean, he's made some singers. <laughs> I said he's not done that many great movies, and you say Green Lantern. That's the first thing you thought of after well, I best, said great movies. Look, the best thing he's ever done was Deadpool. Clearly. And then followed by Deadpool 2. <laughs> followed by Once Upon a Deadpool. <laughs> I really like that show. Blade, you guys are the pizza place. Deadpool. And then, yeah, Blade 3 where he's pretty much Oh, he was Deadpool. so good in 2 and guys Then Ben Wilder when Deadpool place. goes to college. Right. <laughs> All right. So this movie. <clears throat> There's a theme. And then waiting. This movie also has a theme. It got a 5.6. Um, on IMDb with really long ago five. I'm sorry with the 23 Metacritic. There score. you go, spit it out. <laughs> it got a 38 audi- 38% audience score and a 13% thermometer store score on Rotten Tomatoes. 13 thermometer people, 13. That's pretty low. That's one of our. Lows. You want to find out what else is low? This had a budget of 130 million dollars. Ooh, that's a lot. It grossed 13 million dollars <laughs> in the U.S. If that's 30, the no, $33 million. <laughs> that's what you call a monumental. That's the U.S. Now, the worldwide gross was a little higher at 78 but still. So they've lost a shitload. This of was a flop and a half. Well, to be fair, anytime you put movies in and they have ghosts, they can't go to China. That's true. So all that Chinese money that it might have made is out the window. That's true, because no, there's no ghosts in China, apparently. So someone wow. pitched this. I, well, some of these movies like to be there for the pitch meeting. Mm-hmm. Like, someone mm-hmm. said the premise of this movie, and a room full of fuckers with money were like, yes. Because Elaine's well, in that room, and she says, that sounds funny. You're never in the room, <laughs> first of all. It'd be a lot cooler if you were, because those guys get paid a shitload of money for that. Mm-hmm. Well, they call them comps, and they basically just go, this is Men in Black. But, but ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. This is if you take Men in Black and you take Ghostbusters and you put them together in Boston. I hear one of the big ones is Die Hard. This is like Die Hard, but yeah. out of skating rink. It's like Die Hard on a boat. Like Harry Die Potter. Yeah. It's a big one. It's funny because the vibe of this movie is very much like the Ghostbusters remake. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this was directed by Robert Schwenke, who also directed Flight Plan, Red, Insurgent, and Allegiant. So, this is clearly kind of like a sci-fi comedy, but all the other things he directed were like... What's Flight Plan? That's that movie with um, Jodie Foster where her kid disappears halfway through the flight. And oh. no, and then they make her think she's crazy like she didn't have a kid. Okay. I never saw that. It's it, weird. It's like yeah. a psychological thriller or something like that. Hmm. 
Doesn't it also have the guy from who played the Scarecrow? No, and that's it, Red Eye. No, that, yeah, you're right. Because I saw Red, Red Eye. Eye, and I liked that. It was okay. Well, this was written... There's a bunch of writers credited on this, but the main screenplay writers was a writing duo, Phil Hay and Matt Manafredi, and they wrote Ride Along 1 and 2. Oh, well. <laughs> the uh, remake of Clash of the Titans. Oh. Aeon Flux. Oh. And the new... What is it? Uh, the the boys that TV oh, cool. series. What is that on Amazon? Yeah. Yes. So why do they let this guy keep writing? Is my question. <laughs> I don't know. People really like well, the boys. We did get to the boys. So I eventually, the boys. and the boys. I really like that. I liked it, but that first ride along. Hey, love look, that first ride along movie is enjoyable. I never saw. But the boys is good because it's like if superheroes were real, this yeah. is what they would do. They would not be all virtuous and shit. Not, like not, oh hey, not positive. I'm gonna stick stick around for season two. But yeah. I enjoyed season one. Yeah. Okay. I don't like how it ended. They fucking ruined it. Yeah. Let's talk about some actors. Oh, okay. Then we'll do some reviews. And then we'll get into the meat of the video. And the potatoes? Yep. All right. So this stars uh, Jeff Bridges as the character of Roy. And we all know Jeff Bridges is, of course, our favorite roles of his. Prince Lear in The Last Unicorn and The Skipper from White Squall. I was going to say uh, Iron Man. The Skipper from White Squall? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. It took some obscure things. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, we could have just heard went. of White Squall. I'm going to say Iron Man, but that's not really when I think of him. I think everybody of the thinks dude. of the dude. Right? Yeah, he's the yeah. dude. I actually liked him in the True Grit remake. Not as good as I'm like. Ugh, not as much as I like the dude. Cool. I, I just like Jeff Bridges. He's pretty reliable in just about everything. <laughs> um, then we have Ryan Reynolds <laughs> playing the character of Nick. Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to the, the podcast. podcast from our episode of Just Friends. Mm-hmm. Then we have um, Kevin Bacon as the character Hayes. And welcome back to the podcast from both Tremors and Crazy Stupid Love. This makes us David three Lynn times Hagen. a Kevin Bacon. David Lindhagen. Well, now, now it makes me just wonder who's been on the most. Then we have Mary Louise Parker. Imogen Poots. I don't know. No, I probably not. Did you see there's a new movie with her coming out? No, what's it called? It's, it's basically, I'm sorry, Elaine. <laughs> This is important. This is a poots There's, update. This is a poots update. You heard it first. <laughs> the scoop yeah. on the poots. I went and saw, <laughs> I went and saw it. Go scoop. The poots scoop. I went and saw it too. Didn't love it. But <laughs> there's a movie coming out around Christmas time. It's a sorority thing. Right. And these girls get, are getting slaughtered by somebody in the sorority. And, and you find out. kills them all. Yeah, and you find out that, uh, I want to say it's Kevin Bacon. But I don't know. Somebody Shit, Kevin no, Bacon not. and Imogen Boots because we're seeing that. I don't even like those kind of movies. It's not. It's not Kevin Bacon. It's um, Princess Bride. Uh, oh, Carrie Ellis. Carrie Ellis. Yeah, it's him. But anyway, she's like, we're not going to take this shit anymore. Kevin and she Bacon. gets a bunch of girls together and they go hunt him down. But it's, Fuck it's yeah. the fucking poops. Because it's fucking poops. Yeah, so. It's I'm in. So it's good poops. Is go. it called Black Christmas? That's it. That's oh, it. Well. That's right, because we were making fun of it. Like, well, maybe that will be Tony's Christmas pick, and we'll all have to see it in the theater. <laughs> no, that didn't work out for us when we did Garden Yeah, but it might work a little better for this. Um, all right, so okay. this also stars Mary Louise uh, Parker as Proctor, who um, I loved in Fried Green Tomatoes. She's on yeah. The, she was good um, on weeds. Then we have, um, and then the character of Julia is played by Stephanie... I can't pronounce your last name. Who was Iron Man Three? Was in Iron Man Three, and then special mention. Who was she in Iron Man Three? Oh, the extremist girl. That's right. She was the extremist girl. Special mention to the gentleman that plays Nick's avatar is the one, the only James Hong. Welcome back from Big Trouble in China and Tango and Cash. Oh, Oh. and then Roy's avatar is played by Marissa Miller, 
who is a very famous model. I couldn't figure out why I knew her. She's a Victoria's Secret angel. Because yes, she's she is. everywhere. You've okay. seen that girl in her underwear a lot. <laughs> but that's why I knew well, I'm her. I'm complaining, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. And those are our main, our main folks. Carly, what'd you think going in? I thought. I wrote it down. I thought. Pretty sure I've seen it. I think I liked it. <laughs> John. I don't want to tell you what I thought. <laughs> I have to know. I don't want to tell it's you. It's the premise of our podcast. Yeah, but I, you'll get mad. I'm already mad. She just go. <laughs> I swear, she picks movies that I she knows I doesn't like. This is a good one, though. She picks movies that she knows I don't like. Tony? I was like, I remember not hating this movie before, so I'll sit through it again. All right. I was wanting to rewatch it the other day anyway, just because I hadn't seen it since it came out. And we'll see well, I'm glad I could give you. you that opportunity. See, look at that, honey. It looked good for you so far. All right. So, some other people had thoughts, too. <laughs> I would love to hear this. <laughs> Info 43820829. Not a Russian bot. <laughs> <laughs> Not a... Well, could be. Let's see. No, it is. Um, it <laughs> rates this a 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it gets better. It probably is a Russian bot. This is the funniest, most clever show I have ever seen. One of the only shows I have watched more than once, three times. In Mother Rush, I mean Baltimore. <laughs> it is important to listen to the dialogue and appreciate the special effects. If you don't get it, you're stupid. Das wow. Vidan. Oh, yeah, well, that's Vidanya to you, too. <laughs> it gets wet. Jeff Bridges is priceless. Kevin Bacon is hateful, as he should be. And Ryan Reynolds shows his potential and character. I asked my attorney if he had seen it, and he said it bombed at the box office. I cannot believe this. <laughs> it must be that we have become so brainwashed into believing that sex is the only thing that makes the show interesting. Did you not see the goat bite? Where's I no, I'm 53 years old and this is the first time in my life a movie was memorable enough to write this damn thing. Do you think this is one of the executives that works at the fucking I might, studio? Need, I might, I might want to follow him. Uh, let's see what yeah, his deal let, is. Let, I'm not buying that. We'll keep a track on that. I just thought it was really funny. Ryan Reynolds doesn't like it that much. No. Well, The Price 94 entitled his review C R A P. That's pretty good. He rates it a 1 out of 10 and says, I, I tried, or easily one of the worst pictures I have ever. Ever, ever had the displeasure of watching. Ron Reynolds, who's hit and miss, has clearly been restrained by the material, and Jeff Bridges, who I enjoy watching, mumbles throughout the whole running time. I had absolutely zero idea what the motivation of the characters were. I mean, what on earth was going on? It was such a by-the-numbers CGI fest, too. It's obvious the studio wanted this to become a franchise, a la Men in Black, but thankfully, it was a critical failure and tanked at the box office. Only the most cretinous of human beings could even consider this entertaining. Cretinous? I really hope the people who scripted, produced, and directed this hot turd are attacked by killer bees. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> it took a turn at the end. Yes. Yeah. And it's not that long. Good that Lord. Dark quick. What, I want to see what he said about Jason X. He might come after us. <laughs> killer bees. New monster. I just really love the weird reviews yeah. on IMDb. You just don't know what you're going to open. That's it's a crazy. whole hot can of worms. It's a hot can of something. <laughs> Seven up. <laughs> what is your obsession with 7-Up all I don't know. It just popped in my head, so I had thought I'd talk about it. All right, well, make 7-Up yours. Mm. Trying to, try to sprinkle some fairy dust. Hey, man, make 7-Up yours. I'm not going to. All right. Sam Cola. So let's start this film. We Do open we with a Ryan Reynolds voiceover and a couple of freeze frames as Nick and Roy chase a gross, fat deado down the street. Just call me Jim. And... I'm going to start a wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nick says that he didn't think his life was going to be like this. And it all kind of started three or four days ago. And that's when he started with the RIPD. And then we get a flashback to a title card that says three or four days ago. And then we see live Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> He's digging a hole in his backyard where he then buries a bunch of gold, which looks super fake. Oh, yeah. Under like, an spray-painted styrofoam thing. <laughs> yeah. Under an... It's probably like concrete or something. Yeah. Kind of poured. But he plastic. puts a tree over top of it. And then next thing we know, it's the morning. He's in bed. We see this pretty girl jump on him. In her underwear. Playfully wakes him up and is like, um, what's with this orange tree in the backyard? And he's like, I didn't, there's a tree back there? I didn't see anything about a tree. And she's like, it's going to die because they're in Boston. Uh-huh. Orange trees. None not have a Boston accent. And we find out that he's uh, in the Boston PD. And here's my question that is yep. completely unrelated. Mm-hmm. Was I asked Elaine, I was like, wow, so if I was an actor, how would you feel about watching a scene like this? She said she wouldn't watch my movies, which I was a little hurt. At all? Or at all. Just she said she wouldn't watch my movies. You wouldn't watch his movies at all? I, or if, just ones with sex in If he had any sort of love interest, I would not watch them. See, that's pretty much all movies. Hmm. Right? I imagine, unless so, you're one of those movies where you're stuck on a space station by yourself or something. So, what's been doing 2001 Space Odyssey? Yeah. Movie? She ain't coming. Or, or, or Castaway. <laughs> and I wouldn't be like, like, I don't know, that volleyball was looking at you. <laughs> so, if I, you know, become famous and go to premieres, I'm going alone. Yeah. <laughs> you, could take you can't Gwen. go to the premiere if you're not going to watch the fucking movie. You could take your daughter or your son or your mom. Or chill. Ooh, I could bring the dog. <laughs> he would bite somebody famous and we would get sued. He would bite somebody famous and we would get sued. Okay, so... <clears throat> Julia and, and Nick have sex. Yeah, they do. And then we see them leaving the house for they the do day. We, we like to call the hibbity-dibbity. We see Julia jog off because apparently she It wasn't that much sex then. She's running. We have no <laughs> idea what she does. But she goes... We only ever she see got hunker, but no chunka. Yep. Right. There was no chunka in her hunker. No. Nobody wants to hunk a chunka. Um, That's not true. And then Nick goes off to work. He gets to work, and we see him meet up with Kevin Bacon, his partner. Why do you say it like that? The Baconator. Because I just really like Kevin. Baconator's the greatest actor of all time, according to Star-Lord. Someday. He never was. (laughs) Someday Tony is going to pick um, that uh, weird Invisible Man movie that Kevin Bacon did. Hollow Man? Hollow Man. Oh, yeah. If you do that shit. Keep keep talking, fuckface. I'm gonna make he's you watch super, Sleepers again. He's super creepy in that movie. Please don't make me. I won't watch that. <laughs> I'm gonna make you watch Sleepers again, only because they shoot it. Kevin Bacon a lot in that movie. Yeah, but he deserves it in that movie. He surely does. <laughs> that movie upsets me on all kinds of levels. Like when they shoot him, people literally will start cheering. Yeah. All right. So we've never seen it, Carl. What no, happens is, no. is we're never gonna do it because Elaine will get mad at me if we do. But he I'm rapes really a little boys. Yeah, he's, oh. it's right. Bad. When you so, want to shoot him too. This is what happens. Oh. It's a good movie. It's a one this, watcher. It starts when these these kids are like I don't know, 12, 13, something like that, and they're in New York City messing around, and they kill somebody with a hot dog cart. Accidentally, they, they steal a hot dog cart and it falls down some stairs and it kills somebody. So they get sent to like a boys' detention center for their rest of their childhood because they fucking killed a guy. Yes. And while they they're there in this detention center, the guards rape all the little, all the boys. Oh, gross. It's really terrible. And then we flash forward in time to when they're grown-ups, and one of the guards was Kevin Bacon, and two of them... They're at a bar, and they happen to see Kevin Bacon. And so they, they stand there. Fucking kill So him. check this out. They're standing there like me and two of the two guys, and, and if she was Kevin Bacon, 
They go, oh, yeah, it's us. And he's like, oh, how you doing? And he's like, I made you guys tough. And he goes, yeah, great. And he goes, bang, and shoots him. So then Tony shoots him. And then he stands there and he shoots him again. And then Tony gets a shot. Meanwhile, they're just standing there fucking stone cold, just plugging him, watching him die. And you were like, yeah. Because <laughs> if anybody needed to die in a movie, it was that guy. Who is it? It's Jason Patrick and Brad Pitt? It's Brad, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's in it. The other two. Okay. <laughs> they, they were the other two of the four. But yeah. yeah. If you ever get a chance, you should watch It's a good movie. Elaine gives it a hard nay because she can't deal with child molestation in a movie. I've had that movie so long. Especially a movie like this. Flip it over. Oh wow! Side A, side B. It's like a Titanic. It's 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 a hard pass for me, but it doesn't make it a bad movie. If you are into dramas that really there's a great line that movie (laughs) grab you and make you feel for all the characters, then you should definitely watch it. So there's a great line in the movie. It goes a lot like this. So you may think that justice is blind, but out here on the street, the bitch got eyes. All right, but now that we've gotten through our review of Sleepers, back to our review of Wait, I've got a couple reviews. So, LBQ, no. So, uh, Nick goes to work and meets up with his partner, Hayes, who's played by Kevin Bacon. They're standing around in the locker room, and... We have some funny jokes about a other gentleman who is wearing a towel and then not wearing a towel. And um, Nick, tallywhacker talk. Nick tells Hayes, yeah, there's a little tallywhacker talk. One of them threatens to shoot it with his gun. It's very funny. There's lots of banter and jokes in here that I'm not going to write down because you should just watch this movie. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to ruin all the fun for you. Good, thank you. So he tells his partner that he, he tells Hayes he wants out. He can't take the, the guilt. Julia's really happy and he doesn't want to mess it up, so he's out. And he doesn't say, I want to turn the gold in. I kind of get the feeling it's more of, I don't want to take anything. I don't want to be on the take anymore. But like this was a once. Yeah, but he's not really very clear thing. because he then so because Hayes is like, what do you mean you're out? And he's like, look, I'm not going to narc on you. I'm not going to turn you in. We don't. Nobody has to know, but... He's just not comfortable. This being is so you're on his side as in being a good guy. The only reason why they make him do this before he dies, spoiler, is so you're like, oh, he's not such a bad guy. He's a cop on the take. Yes, but he feels bad about it, so he's not a bad guy. Well, I'm still making Yeah, He only did it once. Yeah, he's still a piece of shit. But I just, you know, I just murdered someone once. Doesn't make you not a murderer. Hayes thinks about it and goes, you know what? There goes the yacht. You're right. We, I've been kind of feeling guilty about it, too. We'll, we'll go get it. We'll turn it in tomorrow. It'll be a thing. And just as there, you know, Hayes kind of agrees with him, is like, you know what, you're, it's not right. Another cop runs in the locker room and says, we got Garza. We got his whole crew. And his warehouse. I don't know. More Boston. You're doing a little Bronx? I I can't. But you need to do more Boston. I'm sorry, my Mark Wahlberg isn't quality. Get to the calf. (laughs) The sad. I can't. All right, so. And I swear they called him Garza, but that's not how you would say it in Boston. Garza. Gaza. So Somebody, I think their accents weren't so great. Well, either. fucking Jeff Bridges' accent is the worst. Somebody <laughs> has given up his whole operation, including his meth lab. So this is a big time scumbag. This guy's done breaking bad. So the whole locker room clears out, and they grab SWAT, and they're going to go on this raid. <laughs> and we see him. They're zooming to the raid, and we see fucking Hayes's. What is it? A Camaro. Uh, Mustang. I do believe it's something like that. But if you want to see our, a good movie about SWAT officers, you should go back to the SWAT episode. I don't know what kind of car he drives, <laughs> but it's something. Yeah. We'll say it was a Fiero. Definitely doesn't look a like Fiero. a police car. No, it looks like a Camaro <laughs> or a like Mustang a or a Charger, maybe. Like a Charger. And um, 
Maybe it's a coup. Doesn't matter. We don't know. Um, but they're leading the way. It's not a Volvo. So it's like it's Hayes's Hemi, and then it's probably not a Hemi. Just Hayes's Hemi, and then it's like six regular undercover cars. And then it's the SWAT van, which seems like it should have been the other way around. Yes, but SWAT should be coming in first. Yeah. Because you know what? Ella Kujo was like, stay off the track. SWAT's got it. But Ryan Reynolds is kind of doing some, to me. <laughs> some fun shit over the walkie. Gives us a little exposition about how Garza is a scumbag, a drug dealer, a cop killer. They've been trying to get him for a long time. And then he uh, makes fun of Hayes' uh, charm bracelet. Hayes is like, hey, this is my grandmother's St. Christopher medal. I wear it for protection. Nick motions to his bulletproof vest and says, this is for protection. It stops bullets. Yours stops dates. That was a good line. That was a good line. He's not wearing a vest. Kevin Bacon. No, he's not wearing a vest. No, and he's like the third guy in the room. We learned when he arrived at the station that he was shot previously. Previously. So why in the hell? <laughs> you think he would double up? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, what are the chances of being shot twice? <laughs> but they get, damn good. They get to Garza's meth lab, and the raid is on. They do seem to let the SWAT guys go in first through the front door, but they but go they in. go in through the side door. Yep. And the detective goes first because it's a movie. <laughs> he comes in with just just a gun, a little handgun. Yeah. Meanwhile, the SWAT guys are full fucking decked yeah. out tacky with rifles. And it's they like, go in. I'll go behind them. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't shoot each other. And they yell, police, police. And then all hell breaks loose. And police, everybody's yeah. shooting everywhere. Even Gaza. It's a, like a cutscene in a video game. All of a sudden, there's a fucking fire, which I assume because meth labs are flammable. Brick killed the guy. They can't explode. But, but there's a fire. <laughs> Everybody's that. dying through the smoke. That escalated quickly. And the chaos. <laughs> Mick spot, uh, Mick. Nick spots Garza and says, I see Garza. He's going up the catwalk. It's Gaza. And he goes, Ryan Reynolds does not use a Boston accent. No shit. <laughs> in fact, I don't think there's anybody in this movie that uses a Boston accent. No, they no. The closest one is Kevin Bacon, and that ain't a Boston accent. Not so much. It's just Kevin Bacon. He says, fuck you. Oh, so that was the grab boy. Why did they even bother setting this in Boston? No, especially anywhere. With a very distinct accent, you really want to do the accent. They could have said it in like DC. I don't know. Big C. Maybe. All right. So they had a budget of 130 million. Maybe they got a couple million from Boston to film a film in Boston because they did show a bunch of parts of the city and landmarks. Because as I understand it, most cities don't want you filming there. And they will jack the prices up for those kind know. of things just because they don't want you there no, to disrupt the entire city when you want to shoot a movie. Look, the only, I mean, obvi- the only real landmarks we see is when she's jogging and goes up through by the little, what is Thank that you. called? Which I'm sure is a landmark in Boston or there's no other reason to put that in the movie. But maybe Boston paid money to have the movie set in Boston even if they didn't do a lot of filming in Boston. Obviously, this was probably mostly soundstage and, <laughs> and green screen. Oh, no, they blew up a building. But... They probably paid the money to set it in Boston. All right, we're getting off. Maybe topic. Boston wanted some positive press. We're, I don't know. we're on a sleeper's tangent. I don't know if it worked let's, out for him. <laughs> let's rally back and let's see when Ryan Reynolds gets shot in the chest with a shotgun. So, Nick um, spots Garza, chases him up the catwalk. But Dude, he's, he's too far behind, and Garza manages to escape out the window. And he hears something behind him. He turns around and he almost shoots Hayes. And he's like, Dude, I almost shot you. And Hayes is like, Yeah, that was close. And then he says, uh, 
but uh, I can't, Nick, I can't let you turn in that gold. And then fucking shoots him with a shotgun. Says, we have a problem, Nick. There's so many bullets in this gun. Boom! <laughs> and he falls off the catwalk. And you can see as he's falling at one point, he hits his head. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Like face first on another part of the catwalk and then lands on the ground. I've seen him take worse falls, personally. But he did. He's but not he's that dead. cool. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so, time freezes. Justin Dunst. And we see Ryan Reynolds get up, and he walks through this ridiculous video game-esque warehouse of fire and death. Uh-huh. It's definitely CGI. Oh, but yeah. This is all CGI all it's day cool. long. It's cool, but it's... It, not cool. It looks like a fucking video game. I said from that the like 90s. three times. It's cool because it's ridiculous. Oh, okay. It's like, it's so absurd that it's interesting. Like Streets of Fire. And he walks outside and he floats up off the ground and into this big vortex in the sky. And as he comes up, he sees all these other vortexes where bodies are flying out of and they're all going to this big swirly light. Does anybody else ever see those now and think it's a devil's anus or is it just me? <laughs> no, because it was kind of shaped nice like a starfish. <laughs> it was God starfish. God. No, don't go in the devil, you know, from Thor. It's the I devil's know, anus. we know. It, it was God. I was telling our friends out there in case oh. they didn't hear the episode from Thor Ragnarok. It, it's God's chocolate starfish. Oh, the asshole. Got it. Alright, so... <clears throat> He almost gets to the vortex in the sky, and then all of a sudden he gets yanked off to the side. And now he is in a cubicle with the Proctor, or just Proctors. I guess that's her last name. And when I hear the word Proctor, you know who I think about? Police Academy. Thank you. But uh, she uh, gives him some time to come to terms with what happened, and he's like, how did I get here? What's going on? She's like, think about it. You're not stupid. It'll come to you. He's like, oh, yeah, ain't one bad. <laughs> and then he says, I'm dead. And she says, bingo. <laughs> and then she says, we have a unique opportunity for you. You have skills that we need. We're going to offer you a position with the RIPD, the Rest in Peace Department. So the premise is you can be as much of a piece of shit as you want, but as long as you were a semi-decent police officer, you can go into this super special thing and be forgiven. No. It's what they'll she said. Put, after 100 years of service, service, they'll put in, in a good, good word. word. And they know that he was a he dirty cop a who got shot in the face, that he needs a good word. Because mm. she says, what do you think? You can take your chances with judgment, but as you were floating up there, honestly, what do you think? Were you going up? Or maybe you were going down. And then she offers him... Work for the so RPD. yeah, like I said, she tells him yeah. that he can stay in Boston, and he's like, "I'm in." And she's like, "It's not what you think. You don't get to go back and live your own life or any of that stuff." And he's like, "Oh no, no, you're clearly doing good work here. I need to be a part of it." But he's lying his ass off. Right, because he deserves another <laughs> chance. Piece but of she says, "All right, and follow me." So she opens the door. This is all dog trash. What's dog trash? So you're, you could be a terrible human being, but just because you happen to be this job, we're going to give you another chance to put in a good word. We all know what that means. Well, was so, he a terrible human being or just kind of a bad dude? Um, he was. Everything he did wasn't. Well, everything terrible. I, no, well, that remains to be seen. The snippet that we have of him is not showing him in a good light. That's true, but we're not actually showing him as Satan. Okay, I'll. He's give you not that. Hitler. He's not Hitler. He's not Mother Teresa either. 
No. But... Somewhere in that spectrum between Hitler and Mother Teresa. Like most of us. <laughs> I don't like think they just... Everybody else. <laughs> I don't think they just take any dirt bag Can't be a geek off the street. You gotta be handy to steal. I think <laughs> they Pretty have much to is what she's saying. <laughs> I think they have to be... Earn your keep. Diet evil. So he's got to earn his keep. He's a regulator. Yeah, no, okay. He's a, he's a little bit bad, but re- mostly good. It was a lot cooler when we thought of him as a regulator. Let's just go with that. Okay, so she, she says, follow me. They go across this giant empty room. There's no floor to this room, but somehow they are able to walk across it. Because they're dead. Because they're dead. And it's one wall is cubicles and the other wall is giant filing cabinets, which you would need a giant filing cabinet, I would think, for all the files they're keeping. Yeah. Um, so we get, we walk through an area that Proctor calls holding, and we see a bunch of deceased people. She says we call them deados. And these are people that when their time comes, they try to stay on earth rather than going up for judgment. And if you stay on earth, your soul rots, which kind of turns, which turns you into a monster and, um, ends up rotting the earth. So everything bad that happens in the world Globe, I don't remember what she said. Global warming, climate change, and she said something else that was stupid and ridiculous. Like the, the Red Sox from the World Series. No, but like all the bad things that happened in the world was because of all the deados on there. And that if it wasn't for the RIPD, then the world would have been overrun in 1954. So there's what she say, 250,000 people die every day in the system. Wasn't, wasn't built for that. To yeah. carry that many people, so we have to clean them out. Yeah, because he's like, how do people escape that? And she's like, well... They get into the office proper, and uh, he gets introduced to his partner. He sees that there's a deado in custody who escapes for a minute, and then he is literally blown away by old Jeff Bridges himself. Roy Cephas. Roy Cephas. Call him Roy if you can't say it. <laughs> and Roy Cephas. And one of the, so the deado escapes, and Roy shoots him, and he turns into, like, smoke. And the other like vapor. RIPD like officers so it's like are like, oh, Roy, come on, Roy. We're and wasted he's, yearbook space. Vapor. Vapor. And he says, you guys are just mad because I'm the only one willing to be lethal. And uh, Proctor gives him some crap. And there's a little bit of Roy flirts with her and they have some back and forth. And... Um, <clears throat> Proctor says, this is your new partner. Now, Roy gets pissed. He doesn't want a partner. He's like, I work alone. And she's like, you know, it doesn't work like this. And then he says, he pouts a bit. And he's like, fine, come on, Rook. And he takes some paperwork from Proctor. And they go up to what is clearly a toilet. And they that's their super secret tunnel back to Earth. I guess the writers liked Harry Potter. I, I got some serious Harry Potter vibes. Or Desperado. Going in the toilet. Nor Desperado, also secret the, passage in a toilet. Welcome back to the podcast, the shitter secret passage. <laughs> but it brings them up into a VCR repair shop, and Nick is like, you think you could hide this thing a little better? And Roy's like, when was the last time you got a VCR repair? Yeah, you VCR work on lately? Yeah. Um, Jeff Bridges is doing a very fun <laughs> cowboy <laughs> accent. You mind if I talk like this the whole time, too? Which a lot of the people who are reviewed this movie said that he mumbled and he was very hard to understand although i did not have trouble understanding him and i generally have trouble with people who are mumbly they do tend to be hard to understand but i didn't have problems with this so 
Maybe they just needed to turn up their TVs. <laughs> um, and they walk out onto the street, and they're back in Boston. Everything's fine. And Nick is amazed that he's just back here. He's thrilled. It's home. And Roy says, get in the car. And Nick's like, where are we going? And Roy's like, well, Proctor likes to give you some closure to start off with. So where do they go? Nick's funeral. And um, Roy annoyingly talks trash. The whole time. The whole time. He just keeps talking and talking. I'm going to give you a moment to let this sink in. And then he talks and talks. He tells him the story about how his body was eaten by coyotes <laughs> and dragged into a cave. They ate my face. And, uh... <laughs> you ever watch your, ass, your own face get eaten? He gives him shit about and, the turnout at his funeral. Yeah, and Nick is just destroyed as he watches them fold the flag and give it to Julia off his coffin. And he finally just run, and she starts to walk away, and he finally runs off and tries to chase her down. But when he gets to her, she doesn't know who he is, and he's trying to talk to her, and she's like, get away from me, and the other cops restrain him and pull him off of her. Like they would. Which, I'm surprised they don't arrest him. For what? For manhandling a lady at her husband's funeral. Uh, that's not a crime. Because he's fighting them to get to her. But he gets free and he goes yeah, back. to arrest the old Chinese guy. He goes back to where Roy's waiting on the car. And Roy explains, you can, he's like, you know, she doesn't know you. You're not yourself. And anytime you try to tell her who you are, it just comes out all garbled. And that's the universe's way of, you know, keeping us secret. It's like witness protection. I like how they say the universe to never say a specific deity. Yeah. yeah. And he says, and he says, you don't even look like you. And he's like, well, what do I look like? And he pulls out this wallet and says, these are your IDs. And he looks at him. And Ryan Reynolds is old Lopan himself. Grandpa Chen. (laughs) And he's like, well, what do you look like? And Roy pulls out his ID and shows him. And Nick is like, well, that's just great. And then we see Roy... In his guise as his super secret disguise, and he is a Victoria's Secret model. Yeah, he is. And we see two gentlemen who work at the graveyard drive past, and they're just looking at Roy like he's the sexiest thing to ever be. <laughs> because they see this beautiful woman in a dress. Mm-hmm. Yep. That must be hard to deal with. How do you deal with it, honey? Anyways. <laughs> Nothing. So they get back in the car. Nothing. Okay. You and really, most of the time, ignore it. <laughs> Nick is very, very upset. But Roy pontificates on and tells him they're going to go have a nice, easy first case. Going to go check on this guy and see if he's a deado. And uh, they bicker most of the way. Mm-hmm. We find out that Roy's name is Roy Cephas. You can't say it. Call me Cephas. And Nick says, and Nick's like, Roy Cephas. And Roy says it was a very sexy name at the time. And Nick thinks it sounds like an STD. But Roy's from the 1800s. Yes. Plus the Roy Cephas. He was a lawman. He was a lawman. Yep. That doesn't mean he was a good person. 
No. Didn't he say his partner at shot some, him? He too? says... <laughs> Wyatt Earp was alone. Nick at one point calls him partner and he says, I had a partner once. Best guy I ever knew. Till he shot me in the back. Roy wasn't a great guy. He didn't go to heaven. <laughs> they were stealing gold too. Yeah. Or something. But, uh, so they get to an apartment complex. And they go inside. And Roy's telling Nick about... You know what they're looking for and says the deados put out a lot of bad mojo and they affect everything with their soul stink and broken shit's a dead giveaway we see a plant that's dying we see flickering lights and we see an elevator that doesn't work which is the elevator they get in mm-hmm. which is not the elevator i would get in <laughs> but they're dead well, they're so. trying to follow him and the elevator does work it just looks a little iffy when it gets to the floor they they go up to the floor that this guy's on, I guess. And when it gets to the floor, it stops like six inches short of the floor. So they have to like step up, which is kind of funny. And they look around and they find an apartment door that looks like it's surrounded by slime when they're really close up. But when they zoom out, then it just looks like it has like worn and not a lot of paint. But it when they zoomed in, it looks like actual slime, which is gross. And I would call somebody about that <laughs> if my neighbor's door was covered in slime. But who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. But apartment maintenance, probably. <laughs> and then Ghostbusters. Jeff in 4B has slime on his on his lentil. Also, do you have uh, Peter Bankman's number? Okay. So they get to the door. And this is, and Roy says, are you ready? You pumped. I need you all here, man. Get your snowman on. Alert. Are you icy hot? And he and Reynolds is. And Nick says, is this you trying to sound like a cop? Because you threw a lot of red flags at me. <laughs> and uh, Nick says, you got to learn the lingo, umbrito. Which is not a word. No. <laughs> Maybe it was in the 1800s. And then Nick tells him he's frosty. It's like little ombre, I guess. (laughs) And then Nick goes to knock after he says frosty. And he says, no, no. Papa Bear knocks. You get the car. He's a senior officer knocks. Maybe he said Papa Bear. I don't think he said Papa Bear. No, I know. He said senior officer. Sure. (laughs) And then he gives him the card. Lane's rewriting the movie again. So they open the door. And Roy flashes his ID and says they're from the health department. They got a call. You might be dead. Which if I was a deado, I don't think I'd let them in the door when they said. Might be dead. The health department <laughs> thinks you might be dead. I was saying, you talk about the slime on your door? Um, yeah. So they sit down at the table. Roy and the gentleman, whose name I can't remember. And um, Roy takes out a, some Indian takeout and starts to eat it. Grossly. Oh, oh yes. disgustingly, very yep. grossly. And he tells Nick to start reading the co- the cards, and the cards are all ridiculous things, like a it's Ash Wednesday, and a like a green car pulls up outside a the green church. Acura pulls up outside <laughs> the church, and an Armenian kid offers you some. I can't remember what the first. It's all Indian food, yeah. Though. Chicken tikka marsala, something like that. Chicken tikka. So he's eating it, and the guy is looks like he wants to vomit. Mm-hmm. And as he's, Nick keeps reading these cards, and as Roy eats his food, it causes the guy to what they call pop, and he turns into 
his dead O self. Like he bursts out of his normal human body and becomes a CGI monster mm-hmm. okay. with an extra huge mouth and additional fingers, which was very uncomfortable. And once he's popped, he kind of is just standing there looking at him. And Roy tells Nick to cuff him. And Nick is like, I'm not going near that. <laughs> and Roy's like, you got to get used to the smell. So you got to go over there and do it. So Nick cuffs one arm and he goes to cuff the other arm. And the Dedo, sensing weakness, <laughs> rips off a part of his fridge and hits him with it. And then ends up cuffing the other cuff to, to Nick's arm. And uh, then the de- and then the Dedo says, "You want my arm? Here it is!" And rips off his own arm, and kind of chucks it at Ryan Reynolds a bit, and then runs and jumps out the window. Nick follows him to the window and is like, "What the hell?" And he sees him pancake on a building, and he's kind of watching him. He's like, "I can't believe that guy just killed himself," but the guy's already dead. So then he slowly starts to move. And Nick is just so confused. And then Roy says, You gotta go, fucker. And pushes him out the window. (laughs) And then rides him down like a horse. Like he's fucking Seabiscuit. The whole time telling him to relax his body. Relax your body. And they land on the dead. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> Just they, relax. They land on the deado and knock him off the roof, and then they all fall all the way down to the ground. And um, They're all when they get to the bottom, Nick is like, what the hell was that? And Roy's like, you might have noticed we're pretty durable. And uh, Nick says it still hurts. And Roy says, that's why Rook's the bottom. Because he keeps calling Rook for Rookie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick is hurt and pissed. So he uh, beats the Dedo with his own arm a bit. Which then causes him to vomit up some gold. Which us and Nick instantly find suspicious. As this looks a lot like the gold he buried under an orange tree. Mm-hmm. That shit's amazing. But Roy is What's like, ama- quit so playing with that vomit. And the first thing go. you come across is that same gold. That shit's amazing. But Roy doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And the, what is it? The Dedo? He kills the Dedo, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Roy kills remember. it. It yeah, goes after it starts, Nick it again. It starts, to, Nick gets distracted by the gold and it goes after him again. So Roy kills him. Yeah, that's right. I watched this movie twice and I still can't remember what happened. <laughs> On purpose. Uh, and then uh, Roy doesn't care about any of this. And writes, uh, uses his time to write a, br- a brief after action report where he grades Nick as a C plus. <laughs> he took off points because he got handcuffed to the subject, but he was a soft. He made for a soft landing on the way down, <laughs> so he gave him some extra points for that. And Nick is like really pissed, and he's like, "Shut up! You talk the whole day. I just can't deal with this anymore." And then. He picks up Nick, or he picks up Roy and throws him, says relax body, and throws him in front of a bus where you see this beautiful woman get hit by a bus. (laughs) And it does knock off Roy's hat, which then floats away. Mm -hmm. Big deal. All right. At some point, it's pinned under the bus. Yes. Which is why he doesn't chase after his hat. He's very pissed. They're back to the, they get back to the office. He now gives him an F. 
Yes. He lost his hat. He says, the bus I can forgive, but you made me lose my hat. <laughs> That's a big deal. But when they get back to the office, shit is in a tizzy. Then we get some quick, some more banter with Proctor. Where we, and some of the other officers say that they've never seen the city this busy. There's deados all over the place. They go and they check the gold into evidence. And Nick is like, maybe this is important. He was trying to hide this from us. And Roy is like, it's meaningless. A lot of deados believe in a bunch of old-timey hocus-pocus and any old weird charm. But nine times out of ten, it comes up with nothing. Don't worry about it. But Nick is like, look, this is really important. I really think that we should investigate this. <laughs> Roy's still not buying it. But then he says... I know a really good cop, like, every good cop has an informant, and you are super cop, so I know you have a great informant. Can we please just go ask him about it? And Roy admits that, yes, he does have the world's greatest informant, because Roy is very full of himself. He is obviously the best officer in the RIPD. Obviously. Clearly. And uh, so he goes and he takes Nick to meet his informant, Elliot. He's a dedo who's a big Red Sox fan, so he's not causing any trouble. He's just watching, watching the Sox. Which explains why the Sox always lose. Because there's a deado in their dugout. But they don't always lose. Well, I mean... But it's kind of funny because... She was making a joke. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because Red Sox were terrible for a really long time and there was a deado. They weren't terrible. No, but they just couldn't see... They were a little cursed because of this guy. This Elliot right here. You know what saved them? With his soul Jimmy Fallon. That's true. That movie's great. It wasn't for Jimmy Fallon. They would have won the World Series. But... Nick shakes out a hunk of gold, and, um... That's Devil Ray dancing. Roy is immediately as, hey, you were supposed to turn that into evidence. And Nick's like, I thought you were kind of a rebel. And Should I fought for the North? Another <laughs> Look, even your impression made Tony laugh. That was obviously <laughs> a quality joke. Is, is my Jeff Bridges not good? No, your Jeff Bridges is great. Well, no, your Jeff Bridges is terrible. This is Jeff, you're, but your Jeff Bridges is doing a terrible accent. We can understand you, so it's accent. not very good. Yeah. It's more burr, 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 burr. It's almost like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. Mm. And Tony could not understand him? No. Did you understand oh. the Swedish yes. chef from the Muppets? Really? <laughs> I was going to say, what, what, what? My whole world's coming here. I, say, I, never, I thought it was just Those were actual bullshit. words, you racist. Uh, I was like, holy shit. Usually, it's not racist if you don't understand the language. Usually we watch movies with subtitles on, and I prefer that. And I really wanted them for this movie. But Tony had it on a digital copy that did not have subtitles, so we couldn't have them. And our roommate was either asleep or teaching, so we couldn't turn it up really loud. And we did have some... Uh, oh, some problems. We had some issues understanding Cause I, I mean, Roy there. It was, <laughs> I actually found it to be pretty clear. I just had to have the volume up a little bit higher than normal. But it doesn't have one of those weird sound mixing problems where it gets loud and quiet, loud and quiet. So it wasn't an that. issue to I turn it up. That. Nothing bugs me more than it's like quiet, quiet. So you turn the volume up and then it's yeah. super fucking loud. So, uh, but Nick shows the goal. Matrix is really bad on yeah. Nick, like, can I get back to my investigation and Roy's like go ahead goes to try on some hats and uh, Nick shows the gold to Elliot and Elliot's like I don't know what the fuck that is and Nick is like I think you know what the fuck this is and smacks him in the face with a with one of those uh, metal numbers that they used to show the score on the scoreboard yeah they don't do that anymore yeah. and Tommy. this so. didn't hurt him at all but apparently all of a sudden Elliot decides to be a little nicer 
But he's like, hey, I don't know what this thing is. I don't know anything about anything. And he's like, well, he tosses it to him. He's like, keep your eyes open. If you hear anything, I want to know. Yep. So uh, they go out to the car and Roy is complaining. He's like, he didn't know anything and you gave him the gold. What kind of fucking cop are you? And then we see Elliot leave the stadium, which he apparently never does. And uh, Nick's like, see, we're on to something. This is what we call giving the dog a bone. And they see Elliot stand on the sidewalk like he's waiting for somebody. And then we see a car pull up. It was a knick-knack paddywhack. And, oh my God, is that a Hemi Cuda? It, <laughs> it is Hayes. And he, Kevin Bacon gets out of the car. And Roy is like, isn't that a kick in the teeth? That looks like your partner that shot you in the face. And Elliot gives the gold to Hayes. And Hayes puts it in his trunk. And now yeah. Roy's like, all right, I guess we're going to investigate this. <laughs> I think he says, color me intrigued. <laughs> and they get in the car and they follow Hayes. And uh, he uh, goes to Nick's house. Roy, meanwhile, is giving him crap the whole way about and how... first your partner shoots and now sleeping with your wife. <laughs> yep. And then he gets to the house, he tells us it's the trifecta. He's sleeping with your wife. And Nick's like, he is not sleeping with my wife. That's and me. Roy's like, it looks like he is. And it's like Nick's the like, <laughs> Nick says, you want to bet on it? Winner gets to shoot the loser in the face as many times as they want. And then Roy says, I'm not 100% comfortable with my <laughs> assessment. assessment. So they go and they peer through the bushes at the house. And we see Hayes meet with uh, Julia. And they talk a little bit about how Julia's doing. And then he says, I hate to bring this up, but Nick told me he buried something. And then Julia tells him about the orange tree. So she's like, do you think he buried something under there? And Hayes is like, I got to take a look. I got to see. And so he goes out there. He instantly pulls that tree up, which I think it would be a lot harder than that, even if it's only been like three days because it is a fucking tree. And he pulls it out. He is a dead oak. Yeah. You're Spoiler. right. He just pulls it out like... Like it was a twig. Like, all he's, right, like, <laughs> toss it in the trash because we're not going to be playing that. He's not human. Well, it's not going to survive. It's an orange tree. But he pulls it out, and they pull out, and then we see the gold again. They could have had an orange tree. I'm not saying he's a gold digger. <laughs> and now Julia so, knows... Nothing, nothing in my gold digger joke? Does she ain't messing with them? Yeah. Broke, broke. Um... I can only do the radio edit. <laughs> so, um, uh, now Julia knows that uh, he was a dirty cop. And Nick is furious and upset because now she she's like, just take that away. I can't even look at it. And Hayes is like, I'll take care of it. Of course he's going to take fucking care of it. Uh-huh. And um, Nick, you know, Roy wants an explanation about the gold. He's like, where the fuck do you get that? And Nick tells him that they stole it off a shitty-ass drug dealer, and they didn't, you know, they didn't know anything. Him and Hayes didn't know anything about Dettos or gold. It was just some fucking gold. It was just going to be, you know, kind of a retirement plan, help him out financially, and that this fucking sucks because now Julia thinks I'm a piece of shit, which you kind of were, dude. Yeah. (laughs) But Royce kind of gets in his face a little bit, and then um, Nick punches him more than once. 
And then Roy says, your gold's getting away. And they go and they follow Hayes. Hayes puts all the money into a briefcase and then goes to some sort of office building, courthouse, something. Kind of looks like a courthouse. A courthouse, like outside the courtrooms where all the people are milling around. And uh, he sits on a bench and he's waiting for someone. And uh, Grandpa Chen and uh, our old supermodel are standing around watching him. Cutie McPretty, we'll call her. (laughs) And some guy spots Cutie McPretty and goes up to her and uh, gives her a card and says, I make music videos. And she responds with... Which was super creepy. Yeah. And she responds appropriately and says, I'm not a piece of meat put on this earth for your sexual gratification. I'm a woman. Respect me or I will castrate you like a three-year-old steer. No, she didn't say that. Jeb Bridges said it, which makes it fun. And... I'm sorry. I think that's the worst line ever because usually when you hear about I'm a music producer or whatever like that, mm-hmm. it usually ends in rape. So, is that a good line? Even if I was in that and scouting for some kind of thing, I would never tell anybody. Uh-huh. Unless you wanted them to be in your music video. No, I think I, w- I would... I couldn't do it because it, it's that connotation. You're trying to rape me, but like, I would get tired of hearing that all day. Okay. This is an interesting look inside John's psyche. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just a fun like, way to make a... fuck off. Like, okay. For Jeff Bridges <laughs> to make a a joke about being a... Comp, about women not being a piece of meat. Well, all it's the women who are independent, throw your hands up at me. <clears throat> it's... For all the things this movie is, the things it's not is racist or uh, misogynistic. I agree. So, this, I, just, I just enjoy this little scene here. I enjoy it too. And then we see, after that, we then see a gentleman arrive gentleman. who Roy instantly tags as a Deto. He looks like a giant fat ginger Elvis. <laughs> and um, so he goes up to Hayes, and Hayes gives him the briefcase. So. Roy and Nick follow the gold rather than Hayes. Nick thinks it's just um, Hayes' fence. But they follow the gold, and they're going to snag sideburns. They call him, Nick keeps calling him sideburns. So they snag him, and Roy's like, hey, I know, and Nick's like, follow my lead. And Roy's like, I'm not following your fucking lead. And Nick's like, yes, you fucking are. And he snags him, and they grab him. And they pull him into, I guess there must be a restaurant there, because they pull him into, like, a back room, and there's a big freezer. They put him in the freezer. Roy opens the door and manages to hit him in the face with it, which is always fun. And Nick grabs a giant thing of cumin off a shelf. And they get him in there, and they're like, tell us about the gold. And the guy doesn't even try to pretend he doesn't know that they're R.I.P.D. He says, those are great disguises. And... Ryan Reynolds pulls out a handful of cumin, is like, look, tell us what you know about this gold. Why do you dead guys want this gold? And Sideburn says, you know what? He's tired of hiding. And grabs Nick's hands and puts his whole face into the cumin. Like fucking Scarface. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> like just all cumin everywhere. And he pops. And when he pops, he gets even bigger and fatter. And more Elvisier. And more Elvisier. <laughs> and like his butt is falling out of his pants. He's wearing a thong. It's really upsetting. It's not nice. If it was a real person, it'd be very upsetting. 
But it's just a very gross caricature of a giant fat Elvis man. And uh, he bursts out of the freezer and a chase ensues. And they get out to the street and he starts, he goes and runs up the side of a bus and like, what if it, Matrix kicks, I guess, because he runs right up the sides of a bus and kicks, bicycle kicks over and lands on the side of a building and then starts to just walk up the side of a building. Mm-hmm. And they're both, and Roy's like, I've never seen that before. But he takes out his handy dandy grappling hook attachment to his gun, puts it on his gun. And shoots the grappling hook right inside Burns Tookus. Right in the right butt cheek. And he then runs across the street and tries to use a parking meter as leverage to pull Sideburns off the building. But it backfires and Sideburns is super strong and pulls the parking meter out of the ground and then drags Roy behind him as he climbs up the building. And Roy is just hitting the windows and you see flashes of him as the hot chick. As she's running into the glass. And people on the sidewalk can see this. Like, they're supposed to be secret. Everything's supposed to happen quietly. But this is out in the open. So they can see this weird fat monster dude running up the side of a building. And this woman hanging off of him. And they don't have the memory flashers. So that's, no. Not, that's no. not good. <laughs> and a chase ensues. This culminates. Cul- culminates. Culminates inside an office building in an elevator. Where Ryan Reynolds takes the elevator up and runs into sideburns and then as the elevator is speeding up towards the top floor then jeff bridge roy jumps on top of sideburns and then they burst through the ceiling willy wonka style and <laughs> rain down on the roof is it they find the briefcase of gold but sideburns lands on the street and runs off so, they got the gold, but the dead got away. Well, don't be sad. Two out of three ain't bad. Mm. All right. Then, <laughs> I told you this was going to be a short episode. Well, keep it moving. Because none of you guys have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> We're just dumbfounded by the awesomeness they that is our All right. Proctor so, is pissed. Yeah. Proctor's yelling at them because it was on the news and they're supposed to be quiet and like the regular people are like what the fuck just happened so wait tell me is this guy's first day on the job not only did he lose a super secret MacGuffin mm-hmm. he also introduced Dedos to the world well they didn't lose the secret MacGuffin they got the gold okay I'll give you that but he introduces Dedos to the world like yep. that, isn't that the premise of their job is to make sure that uh, that's true yep he's terrible script, so he well that's why they got pulled in front that uh, internal of, or ex- eternal affairs, <laughs> eternal affairs yeah. is all pissed off. <laughs> so they go into this special. This is I another. I thought that was really cute. That was funny. This is another special thing that reminded me of Willy Wonka, actually, with the big pipes. And there's this big pipe, and out of the pipe comes a golden bucket, and she opens it up. I got a golden ticket. And she reads this really long scroll. That's on fucking dot matrix paper. It's funny. It's not funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's not. I thought. And it's funny. not even fucking dot matrix words. They drew pictures on dot yep, matrix. There's diagrams. And Roy's like, "Well, what the fuck did they say?" And she says, "Well, apparently you've stumbled upon something important. That this gold is part of an artifact called the Staff of Jericho, which, when assembled, reverses the polarity 
of uh, the tunnel of death. So yes. all the vortexes that lead up to eternal. <laughs> so, and instead turns it to the devil's anus and shoots all the deados back down to the earth and basically it's the apocalypse so let me get this straight mm-hmm. him uh, Nick and um, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck his name Roy. is Kevin Bacon yeah Roy no oh, and Kevin Hayes. Bacon mm-hmm. they steal the super secret gold uh-huh. and Kevin Bacon knows he's got to give it to the deados so they can reverse uh-huh. the polarity but his first thought is let me give it to a human to bury or, I'm sure or he to kill to him all sell along. Why didn't he just fucking kill him then? Because I'm sure he trusted him. He could have popped him in the car. So, plot hole. Maybe there I could were, put my maybe, face in it. No, maybe he needed a cover of a big shootout so he could kill him and nobody would know. Hmm. So he was just going to be like, all right, well, there's bound to be a big shootout at some point. I'm sure he, he's been around for a long time. I think he can be patient. So the premise is that cops get the big shootouts all the time? I'm going to have to call bullshit on that. Look. Maybe, maybe. he knew they were getting close to Garza. No, maybe because he's he not wasn't, the one who came in. Maybe he wasn't ready to kill him yet. Mm. He was going to kill him later? Maybe he could or wait maybe, and that could be the last piece he got. Maybe it's a giant plot hole you guys are just reaching. Maybe it doesn't fucking matter. It does, actually. Why? Maybe he knew we where he buried it. He could just gone and stole it. Because they needed all of this super secret gold to create the MacGuffin hole thing of mm-hmm. the devil's anus. And you gave it away to a human. But he knew where it was. He knew where it was. And he he was didn't know where it was. Later. What if... Maybe he wasn't trying to kill him. Maybe he was going to find out he didn't want to kill his friend. Okay. All right? Because regardless of the fact that he's a deadbeat deado, this is still his buddy. They're friends for a long time. Okay. So right? He, so he doesn't want to kill his friend. So he says, well, we'll, we'll split it. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to get his friend to tell him where he hit it. And then he's going to take it later. But he's not going to have to kill his friend. Because he knows his friend is just going to fucking bury it and not touch it for the next 20 years. He doesn't know that. So he can always go back. He He doesn't know that. What what if he sells it the guy melts it down? When they're in the locker room, he says, what did you do with it? And he says, I buried it. And he goes, oh, you were serious about that. That is a pretty good idea. So obviously when they took it, he said right away, I'm going to bury it. So this guy has... So he already knew he was going to bury it. It's my turn. So this guy's gambling... All of the Deto's super secret plan on the fact that this guy will bury it. What if he changed his mind? He's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and sell it so I don't have to worry about having evidence on me. And I go sell it to, to Joey, the, the, the fence cash, guy. Cash for gold. Yeah, cash for gold. And he fucking melts it right there. Because guess what you do when you get crap gold like that? They melt it and do all their stuff with it. So now your super secret MacGuffin is dead. And he's going to risk all that? Plot hole. Maybe. Oh, Tony's turn. Uh-oh. My turn. Uh-oh. Maybe he thought if he killed him, he'd become a deado. Because he got killed, and he didn't become a deado. So he must not know how RIPD work. Maybe he thought if he shot his friend, maybe he'd come back as a deado. He has a wife that he loves. Maybe he'd help him out. Why didn't Kevin Bacon become a, uh, an That's RIPD? That's a great, great theory. Tony, look, he sewed up the plot he hole. No, he didn't. Because he's still, you're still risking the fact that he's going to bury this gold instead of saying, you know what, I want to get rid of it and sell it. If he sold it and the guy melted it, the whole movie fucking goes to shit. Right? No, I think Tony's right. He thought he would stay as a deado. So what you're saying is mine is not plausible. It's not plausible that the guy who no. got the ill-gotten gold I'm would have lied that, to his friend? I'm saying that we have lots of movies the where there's glaring plot. plot holes all the time. And sometimes we sew them up. And sometimes they're just fucking plot yeah, holes. I mean, and it doesn't make any of us hate the movie. I'm just I mean, saying, I don't I'm just pointing out. I would like you to acknowledge it. I don't know, but I think I think he pushes Ryan into taking the gold, right? Yeah. Probably, yeah. So yes. Ryan wasn't necessarily a bad cop on his own. He pushed him into it. And he's like, look, you know, you're taking this gold. 
and if any shit goes down, I can just tell people you're a crooked cop, and you, you know he kind of forces them to take it. So he's maybe he didn't think Ryan would do anything with his gold. He's going to keep it in his house, or, or maybe, maybe, or maybe he sold it, or maybe. I mean, what I'm saying but is, but the risk is too great of him not keeping the gold like you think, like you want him to. The risk is too great. Once you, if this if this thing is so important, you don't let it out of your fucking sight. If if you're worried about it, oh, it's my friend. Yeah, but you know what? I'm going to invade the world with all the dead people. What do you think they're going to do to your friend? He's dead anyway. So you plug him in the fucking face and you take the gold. The goal was to bring all the dead people to Earth and overrun it, right? So you don't care about your friend that much. You're not going to risk the whole thing on... He's going to hold it or he'll bury it. No, you take the gold. I know why he does it. I'm sure you do. Because he needs the blood of an enemy to activate... The fucking Spear of Jericho. So he needs Julia to be his enemy. And by destroying the lo- the wonderful picture of a good cop that Julia has in her head of her husband, she makes him, she, it makes Julia hate Nick. There's no way that if fucking Rex came to the house after you were dead no. and showed me all the money you fucking been stealing from the department, <laughs> it wouldn't make me then think that you. It would make me. It wouldn't make me hate you. It, it just, would make me hate Rex. The, it stop. goes into it's making the, her hate him. The, the, the risk that they take is just too great. I don't know why you care great. so much about this dumb movie. I don't know why. Way. I don't know why you have to argue with me and say and prove me wrong. No, you're Can't saying you it's say a plot it's hole. Can't you just say that it's plausible? Well, yeah, that's a big risk. They probably shouldn't have done that. It's a giant mistake. Either way, the impression we get at the beginning when he says, what did you do with it? It could have just happened yesterday. Maybe he is going to sell it. Maybe he just hasn't had time yet. He kills him before he has a chance. Or he didn't know he was going to be able to get all the pieces of the gold. And at least this way, he thinks he knows where it's at. Terrible idea. That's not how that would work. doesn't really matter. We'll move on. <laughs> just go. Just he's go. dead. Maybe he's stupid. Stop trying to argue with me because it's not gonna, you're never going to change my mind. I don't know why you're so angry. I'm not angry about it. You're just you're telling me I'm wrong. I'm like, there's a big problem there. I didn't say you're wrong. I attempted to explain it in ways that might fit with the narration in the rest of this movie. And you don't buy them. And that's fine you're because you don't to, have to. It's a plot hole. It doesn't hole. fucking matter. Square peg, round hole. Gosh. It's a plot hole. We all agree it's a plot hole. Mm-hmm. They, wouldn't have done, they didn't do that in Harry Potter. I don't know. It sounds like something you should have brought up in your end thoughts, not in the middle of fucking Proctor <laughs> reprimanding them. You said we weren't doing any... We had any any thoughts. I had a thought. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you couldn't <laughs> hold your anger in anymore. Being a jerk. Okay. All right. So, so Roy also has a bit of a tantrum when he finds out about what this thing is. And he's mad that this thing was even allowed to be built. What the fuck is wrong with people? I've been doing my part, cleaning up the streets, and I was making some headway. And now, because of some bullshit that somebody made 5,000 years ago, they're going to just undo all the good work I've done? He's like, it's not fair. He has a whole tantrum. But a second bin arrives from the Eternals. And um, she says, well, this isn't your problem. And they're like, what? And she says that they've been suspended and there will be a formal hearing tomorrow after which they will most likely be erased because the bullets that they use erase your soul from existence. So um, Nick is like, oh, so this is my last uh, day on the planet? And she says, most likely. And he's like, Roy, it's been nice knowing you, but uh, I got somewhere important I got to be. And he, uh, at this, I'm mobile. It's a little harsh. Yeah. And he goes to, like, a stadium. And I was like, is he going back to Red Sox guy to talk to him again? No. I actually thought it was Red Sox guy 
in a, but meeting with like Hayes or somebody else the first time I saw it. Like I did not think this was him in this scene. Yeah. I thought it was going to be somebody else doing something else. But no, it's him, and he's going because his wife is running again. I Apparently, know. she runs in the morning, she runs at night, she runs all the time. Could we get a little, <laughs> I have gotten some piece of expo- exposition about her training for the Boston Marathon? Because <laughs> that, or like a poster in their room, a little trophy case, something. Um, but uh, Nick freaks her the fuck out. He goes up to her, which... It's at first it's weird because they show you from Nick's perspective. So he goes up there and he says, it's me. I love you. And he like touches her face. But it's really this old Chinese man that's coming up to her and just like touching her face. And she closes her eyes like she can feel his presence. Uh-huh. He's doing his best Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and, um, but then she's like, I don't know you. And she's freaked out and starts running away. Stop following me, which I don't think I would let the old man touch my face. Just like as soon as, but he it is his weird, hand. almost like ghost X S, yes. where it seems like she can feel him somehow. Yes, but you got to think that the old Chinaman and Roy said it comes out garbled when you try to tell somebody who it is, and he says it's me, I'm here. So this old Chinese man is touching your face, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> you're like this dude is not. It's like <laughs> yeah, like talking nonsense at me and trying to touch my face. I would run away too. And Roy. We turn around and we see Nick turn around and Roy sitting in the stands. He's like, did that make you feel better? Because I got to tell you, you're freaking her the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You're not making it better for her. Yes, you're making things worse. And he says, I'm not a, from a time where we were emotionally sensitive, but I can tell you right now that what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> and they have a big old fight. Mm-hmm. And Nick really hurts Roy's feelings. And uh, we find out that Roy was skull fucked by a coyote. Which is a horrible revelation. But Nick hurts Roy's feelings so much that he starts to play a mini accordion and sing a little sad song. It's very strange. But Nick decides that he tells Roy, look, this is our last night. Do you really want to spend it like, you know, do you really want to spend it like this? Or do you want to help me stop the apocalypse? Because Nick apologizes for being a douchebag. And, uh... Roy asks Nick if Hayes could be a Deto. And Nick is like, but he doesn't give off any soul stink or anything like that. And then we get some third act exposition about how Roy has heard tell of some artifacts that could possibly mask it. And then Nick's like, like a St. Christopher's medal on a charm bracelet. And uh, Roy says, that could do you. (laughs) So... So they're going to go to, they're Hayes, gonna go to Hayes because they can't figure out why Hayes would have all this gold, but he's got to be a Dedo. And why do and cause we know why the Dedos want the gold. So the only thing that fits is that Hayes is a Dedo. He's in on it in some way. Yep. So Julia, um, yeah. So we see Hayes have a cryptic meeting with Elliot, the Red Sox guy, where he gives him half a orb and tells him to go cause some trouble. Because they have some kind of weird plan. Which looks very much like the orb from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it does. The case that they put yeah, the, the stone. power stone in. And then we see Julia call Hayes and tell him about the creepy Chinese guy. And that she knows it sounds crazy, but she feels like it might be Nick trying to talk to her. And Hayes says, I'm concerned for you. I'm going to come get you. We're going to go have something to eat. We're going to talk to Stalin. Mm-hmm. Worried about you, but, you know, I'm here for you. And then Roy and Nick go to Hayes' house. 
And Roy's going to go in the front, and Nick's going to go in the back. So Roy goes to the front door and knocks on the door. And, and by this time, Hayes has pretty much figured out that the old Chinaman is Nick. So he sees the Chinaman and the hat chick get out of the car. So he knows they're probably both RIPD. So Roy talks his way in the front. And, uh, you know, uh, Hayes says, do you want something to drink? And Roy's like, I can wet my beak. So he goes into the kitchen to get a drink. Like some but he goes under the sink. But he goes under the sink. And then we <laughs> see Ryan, and then we see Nick come out and say, you're looking for this. And he's got a big ass gun. Nick got the drop on him. And uh, Nick tells uh, Hayes to take off the uh, St. Christopher's medal. And uh, he does. And then he stays in human form, but his whole house is transformed and it almost fucking collapses on them because there's so much built up soul soul stink stink that it's like practically destroyed this house. There's like splits in the middle. Yeah. Which is funny because later when he becomes a deado, his whole head splits. Yeah. Which. And uh, Roy says, where's the gold? And Nick says, it's in the water heater. Because, you know, they probably had that discussion. What are you going to do with yours? I'm going to bury mine in the yard. And Hayes says, well, I'm going to hide it in my water heater. Mm -hmm. It's probably a conversation they have. And when they're in Hayes' house, you see, like, all these TVs and stolen electronics and all this other stuff that he's stolen because he's been on the take for a long time. Mm -hmm. But they tell Hayes that they're taking him in and that this is the end of it. And uh, so they take Hayes back to the RIPD precinct. But it's... A trick. Mm-hmm. So they take Hayes in, and Hayes is, you know, give him a bunch of crap. And he's like, you think I just let me take you in and not have a plan? And they cop, they pat him down, and they find half an orb. And they're like, what? And Roy's like, what's this? And he says, it's personal. And he's like, well, it's getting booked. So he puts it with the gold. And they go, and they take the gold to evidence while Hayes is sat on a bench with a bunch of other dettos, one of which being Elliot. Mm-hmm. And they're go- all kind of looking at each other like, yep. yep, it's about to be on. Yep, everybody ready? Let's go, let's go. They put the gold in, and they give them the, the evidence locker lady, looks at it and says, we just booked something like this. And she takes it and throws it in the basket with the other half of the orb, which is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and the pieces of the orb lift up. Chain of evidence. And mm-hmm. they connect together, and they put off some kind of, I guess they let off a frequency. And um, Hayes is talking, like all evil villains do, and says, did you know the cool thing about Dados is that there's a frequency that uh, we can't hear. And then, which lets Nick know that something is happening, and he look, turns and looks and yells to Roy, and Roy looks up and sees the spinning ball... And then shoots out a pulse, and all the RIPD agents are frozen. And Hayes is like, do you think I just let you take me in without a plan? Now I got all the gold motherfuckers. Because the great thing is that they got an artifact for everything, and this one freezes you but lets us move. Mm -hmm. So the RIPD guys can move. They're in, like, super slow-mo. But the dedos run, and they get all the gold, and then they all run into the toilet and you can see Roy trying to move his gun, move his gun, move his gun, move his gun. And so is Nick. And Nick is trying to move his gun towards Hayes in the toilet. And Roy is moving his gun towards the orb. 
and he gets it just in time to shoot the orb and they can all move and then Nick shoots at the toilet but the door has shut and they don't get hit. So the Dettos go up through the super toilet hatch. (laughs) And... So they go to follow. And they go to follow. So the Dettos get to the street and Hayes calls Cyburns on the phone and tells them that they got the rest of the gold. We're on our way. You can start. So Sideburns and the Dettos that are already there start building the staff of Jericho. They don't have all the pieces, but they start putting that puzzle together. Just then the RIPD bursts out of the VCR repair shop right into a bunch of Dettos, and then there's a gunfight. The majority of the RIPD officers are killed almost instantly, and then everybody else runs back in the store, and then we see it's pretty much just... It didn't look like they all died, but... All we see from this point is Roy and Nick. Mm-hmm. And Roy says, let me show you how we do it Old West style. And goes out onto the street. And then we get a nice gunfight in the street where Roy kill, kills pretty much everybody. He's a very good awesome. shot. He's like, there's always one here. And there's always one here. And there's always one here. Oh, there wasn't one. But that means he's up there. <laughs> <laughs> but they cleared the street. And they start to see the portals opening up. And it's like you see all the wormholes opening up. And those are the portals that suck up the dead people. But they're just opening up in buildings. And they're like, holy shit, what the hell is that? And they spot the big one that's over the Commonwealth building. And they're like, well, that seems to be where we need to go. So they hop in the car. Then we see Hayes has sent some minions to pick up Julia. A couple of cops show up at her door. And they're like, hey, Hayes sent us to get you. And Julia's like, I don't need to go anywhere. I'm fine. And they're like, well, you know, I think you should come with us. We just want you to be safe. And she's and like, I can drive myself. I don't need you to take me. But they convince her to get in the car because, you know, they're people she trusts. So you would get in the car with them. And then we see um, sideburns leading the Dettos as they build a barricade around the Commonwealth building, which is where the staff is. Mm-hmm. And we get a car chase. And so Nick and Roy are in the car going towards the Commonwealth building. And then we get Dedos in the cars next to him. We don't get any more shooting, but it seems like the Dedos are trying to maybe run them off the road. And as the portals are coming into buildings, the buildings are collapsing and cars are falling in the road. Mm-hmm. So we get some Nick is driving and he's a way better driver than Roy gets some cool defensive driving, and uses the falling debris to take out the cars with the other Dettos in them. Mm -hmm. We see Hayes arrive with the gold. He collects Julia, and then as he sees her in the street, he's like, look, I got to tell you something. It's going to be a little weird, but I want you to keep an open mind. (laughs) Takes out some cumin, snorts a quick line, (laughs) and pops. Uh Uh-huh. And she's like, uh... She, she, you know, has the appropriate reaction to this craziness. She wants to get away from them. And they're not going to let her. Nick and Roy, back in the car, are approaching. They see that there's a barricade, and all of a sudden, fucking Sideburns jumps on the car. And a bunch of fucking Dettos are jumping on the car, and they're trying to make them crash before they can get into the barricade. But there's a convenient ramp. And they jump up and over the barricade, and the car flips and does a spin, and it starts flinging Dettos off to the side, but they can't shake, you know, they land on the ground, and they're shaking the Dettos off, and they can get them all off, 
except for sideburns. So they tell him to relax body and crash right into a fucking building. Mm-hmm. And then they shoot him in the head so that he's gone forever. But they never explain what was so special about him. He was just another was just old ditto. I think he was just, you know, number, you know, the number, number one, one to, guy. Yeah, the number one to Bob, is Dr. Bob Evil. Gun. His name probably was Bob. <laughs> I didn't actually look to see what he was building on IMDb. No, I'm interested. What, number, my number one guy, Bob? It's from Batman. Mm. The best Batman, Batman 89. The best Batman. So, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we get inside the Commonwealth building, and Roy says, I hope there's an elevator, but there's not. They have to go up about a thousand flights of stairs. So, three hours later... <laughs> We get to the top of the building. We see Hayes. He's explaining the plan to Julia, which I don't, I'm not really sure why he tells her this. I guess because she, he just really wants her to hate him. And he gets to put in the final piece. And then we see the big wormhole is all open and everything stops. And he says, there's just one more part to this plan. Like all ancient beings, it often needs a sacrifice. And she's like, uh, I'm going to jump off this building before you can get to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, I don't think you will. He doesn't say that, but you can tell in his face. He's like, I'm not having to say all my crazy dead people. (laughs) Roy and Nick burst into the scene just in time to see Hayes take a piece of um, rebar and fucking stab her. Mm. So many movies have people get stabbed by rebarb. It's crazy. I don't know. You wouldn't think that there'd be that much just laying around. Yeah, sure. Rebarb. <laughs> but um, you see the blood as she bleeds. Instead of like bleeding down her shirt, it actually gets sucked up into the air mm-hmm. and then into the pillar. Because like the final piece is an X. And there's like a little chamber behind the X. Where the blood gathers and it's like this big swirling ball and it kind of makes me think of La Magra. Yeah. <laughs> Spirits of the Twelve. <laughs> and then, Most like a dead I wiped his ass with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we see all the dead people. They're getting sucked up into the vortex and now they're falling down. But they're very, very far away. So this takes a very long time. Now I want Sam Elliott to play Roy. <laughs> he would have been, <laughs> been better. Yeah. Yeah, he's too serious an actor to do this. True. Jeff Bridges is a little bit more flexible in his movie roles. True. He doesn't take his... Not that Sam Elliott takes himself seriously. Sam Elliott would have read the script and been like... Say what? Do you want Sam Elliott (laughs) or Chris Christopherson? Oh, what did I say? Sam Elliott. No, I mean Chris Christopherson. I kind of like the Sam Elliott. No, I do like Sam Elliott too. Either one of them would have been fun. Chris Christopherson, yeah. Still, I think he takes himself a little bit more seriously than this too. Maybe. He did Blade too. He did fight a bunch of suckheads. Oh, yeah. He did Blade 3. <laughs> <laughs> He's friends with Ryan Reynolds. Why didn't they get him? All right. Um, Are they friends? So they split up. Roy's going to go for the staff, and Nick is going to try to save Julia, which it takes... You, you need to kill somebody. He, he knows she's dying. I don't know why he... Also, she's right by the staff. Yeah. They don't really need to split up. But <laughs> they're at one end of the room. You go over there. I'm going with you. <laughs> end of the roof and the party is at the other end of the roof so they have to run across the roof and we get another fun gunfight where they're just shooting everything in sight a la the marlboro man very fun stuff why don't the dedos get the gun bullets that they have 
Some of them did have them just, in the beginning. Yeah, some because they have the little shiny tops. Yeah. They do have some. In the first shootout, we see, like, the one dude they has, had like, the a machine really gun. They had, like, the Gatling gun with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they just maybe don't have as many. Because oh. they're, like, gathering. Oh, if you're spraying with a Gatling gun, that means you have a lot. Well, the ones. I don't second. think. Maybe that was their whole stash. I think that's a really bad idea, then. I would think that in order to get these special bullets, probably the only place you can get them is the RIPD. So you have to jump officers and then collect their weapons? You trying to tell me they couldn't take one and analyze it? I don't know. I have no idea if they have their own bullet I'm pretty sure a bunch of really smart guys are also assholes. (laughs) They're getting theirs from somewhere supernatural. Maybe there's something supernatural in them that erases your soul that they don't have access to on Earth. It might be human. You don't know. Well, that's hard for them to handle cumin. (laughs) (laughs) Different spices. They can't handle curry. No, it's cumin that they're using the whole movie. I thought it was curry. It's cumin. Cumin is a common spice in many curries. (laughs) All right, well, maybe it's fucking sugar. Who cares? I don't know. I'm just saying maybe there's something supernatural. I I mean, I kind of assumed that they jumped officers and then grabbed their guns and then shot them. Swirly white. Because they couldn't possibly be smart enough to make their own bullets. And Maybe they only they work when you do a headshot. You know what? That's what the, the vampires thought. The lichen are too dumb to make these kind of bullets. <laughs> and they were wrong. I don't know. I just kind of assume there's not a black market for this. But, again, there's most no, of these... There's not a white market either. <laughs> most of these RIPD officers, we assume, were at least semi-dirty cops. So maybe. Maybe somebody's selling them on the side. I don't know. That would make sense. Or at least sold a super secret recipe. But <laughs> they have to get through about 50 dedos to get to the other side of the roof. And then, but they do. Mm-hmm. And if you like CGI gunfights, it's a pretty good one. And then they get to the staff, and Roy tries to pull the giant X out, and Nick starts a fight with Hayes. And I guess Roy is trying to, he goes to shoot Hayes, but he's out of bullets. So I guess he fights with them to distract him so that he can't attack Roy because they have killed all the other Dedos. Mm-hmm. And, um. Also, because fuck him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But because they can't really hurt each other, yeah. but at the same time, you know, there's a couple of times Nick is like, "Roy, could you hurry it up? You almost done over there, Roy. What's going on, Roy?" And Roy's like, "It's Hayes harder than it looks." Shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. He at one point he takes a giant rock and is just smashing him over the head over and over and over again. But Roy can't seem to pull this thing apart. But he does see this truck. Now at one point in during the car chase, we saw a news helicopter that was filming this and it was like oh my god i can't believe this is happening that roof is covered in what we can only assume is monsters and there's a truck that comes out of nowhere and hits the helicopter now this truck lands on the roof of this building and roy spots it because it's kind of hanging on this overhang right above the staff and he grabs some wire and he does a cowboy trick and lassos this truck and then uses all the strength of 80 dead men (laughs) and pulls this truck off a building onto the staff of Jericho and himself. So he squishes himself and the staff. Mm -hmm. But this causes all the portals to pretty much poof out of existence. And order is restored and the souls go back up to heaven. Or judgment. Let me use some air quotes. Mm -hmm. And this distracts Hayes enough that Nick is able to grab another gun and shoots him and Hayes is dead. Then we see Julia. She opens her eyes and time has stopped. So everything else is stopped, but she does see Nick. And Nick runs over, and she finally sees him as himself. Mm -hmm. And they have a sweet moment. 
where he tells her that he'll always love her. But she, she says, "Don't fuck Elvis." And she, but that was Deadpool. Oh, too. it was Deadpool. My bad. Yeah, it was, it was very pretty much the same scene, <laughs> only not as good. But and she's like, and you know, she knew he wasn't a dirty cop, and they had this little love but moment. He was. And he tells her that she has to go. We can't stay together forever. You you have to go, and I have to stay here. And they say goodbye. And then we see no one then. Julia, <laughs> wake up. Yeah. Wake up again and kind of do a <gasps> kind of a thing. And she's in a hospital bed, and she didn't die. She lived. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you missed uh, Elaine's jazz hands. We see a, a, do, a black gentleman dressed in a doctor's coat in the room, and he kind of nods at her, and he just gets up and walks out of the room. And, oh, no, it's not a doctor. It's Proctor. I guess like, this is her. She will be fine. Wait a minute. Her name is Doctor Proctor. It's not a no. Her She's name not is not really Mildred. a doctor. Doctor Proctor. Okay. No. Go. No. No. Doctor Mildred Proctor. That's correct. Just checking. Because <clears throat> her ID is for a doctor. Doctor Proctor. And um, she comes out and she says she's going to be fine. And Nick says, "Thank you very much for that." And she says, "You owe me one." And um, they're walking along and they get get up with Roy and Proctor tells them that the Eternals held their hearing without them. Mm-hmm. And that uh, because Nick is brand new, he's going to get off with the warning. But Roy is going to get 53 years extended to his sentence. And Roy's like, that's bullshit. This is just straight horse hockey. He's like, look, I just saved the fucking world. (laughs) Yes, but we want to do sequels. (laughs) But... Proctor has a bag. And he says, this is what, the fourth time I've been extended. No, not yet. Proctor has a bag. She walks up to him, and she gives it, pull, opens it up, and pulls it out, and it's his hat. Is it his hat or a new hat? He no, says she found my hat, but that hat looks brand new. No, it looks <laughs> like his hat because his hat had some kind of pattern in the inside, and it had it. The second time I watched this, it was a new hat, but it looks just like his because it has the same pattern on the inside. And he's like, "Oh, you found my hat!" <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh man, I should have brought you flowers or something." And she walks right up in his personal space and says, "I like violets." And then bites his beard. Oh, it's so yeah, creepy. That was weird. And kind of wiggles it and then walks away. And he goes, She Billy goaded me. That was Ooh. one of our things. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> that's very upsetting. She Billy goaded me. And it's very upsetting. And then that's when Roy tells Nick it's the third time that he's been expend- ex- extended. <laughs> extended. Expended it. Expended. And then. Um, and then Roy says, you know, I know you weren't really happy with Grandpa Chen. So I pulled some strings and I got you some new ID. And he hands some ID. Nick and is ecstatic. It's in like a little change purse. So if you handed me this change purse, I would not have been ecstatic. <laughs> he should have known what was coming. But he looks at it and he's like, oh, come on, man. And he gets in the car and as he shuts the door, we see his new ID is a Girl Scout. With braces, with, mouth gear. Yeah. A terrible with the headgear yeah, really because is. now all of a sudden he's investigating. And so there's this pretty lady investigating. I'm cool with that. Now there's a little kid investigating, driving, that's, driving. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, it if you want to be yeah. super deep cover, I'm not really? suspecting that. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna talk to you. We think you might be dead. I think you might be sick. Could, Go to school. Could you could you just wait one second? <laughs> and they drive off the model and their girl scout. The end. John, give us your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> she got you. <clears throat> My favorite character. Mm-hmm. 
Did you not think about this beforehand? <laughs> I, I still can't think of one. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Um, what about Julia? The, the guy... All in, she did was run. No, no, I, I got it. When they first come in the VCR store, there's a guy sitting down. Him. Okay. <laughs> Your least favorite character? Kevin Bacon. Okay. Um, my favorite uh, scene is when the guy gives Jeff Bridges his card. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm a woman and you will talk to me or I'll boot you in the dick. Okay. I'm ad-libbing, but it was a lot like that. Okay. My favorite tertiary object. Um, I, nothing. <laughs> the car. I'll go with uh, the, the car. Yeah. Okay. Which car? Kevin Bacon's Kevin car? Bacon's car, or yeah. the brown car they're yeah. driving around? No, not that. <laughs> no one likes that car. We see that car a lot, though. <laughs> and my favorite line is, uh, when I was dead, a coyote made love to my skull. You know there's a word for that. You know what it is? And Ryan Reynolds says, I do. And I hope he got both eyes. Because <laughs> that's just some cold-blooded, mean shit to say to someone. Yes, it is. And I did not like this movie. There's a lot of things that I don't like about it. Plot holes aside, the story was stupid. So I made it. Okay. Now that that's over. Carly? Hey! My favorite character is Ryan Reynolds and pretty much everything he does. (laughs) I like Ryan Reynolds. She's not wrong. We know. My least favorite character was Roy because I couldn't understand anything he said. (laughs) My favorite scene, I said, from when they got the first guy to turn. Not while he's eating the Indian food all grossly, but once he pops. Uh And he's like, you gotta go get him. I don't want to get him. And then they handcuff, and then they do the chase. All the way until he throws him in front of the bus. Okay. My... Favorite line was you ever think about hiding this place a little better? When was the last time you had a VCR repaired? Point taken. My favorite tertiary object was I had a hard time with this, but my favorite weird thing about this movie was when she goes to lead him through the place and there's no floor and he freaks out mm-hmm. and she's like, Get your ass over here. <laughs> so I like the floorless. The floor? floorless file, filing yeah. room? <laughs> the, floor the floorless floor, floor yeah. <laughs> All right. And I will maybe it. I think I might have liked it better if I could understand Jeff Bridges. I think maybe he should have toned down the funny accent a bit. I didn't really need it. I understand that that was his character, but did it have to be so thick? Okay. Tony? So. My, my favorite character is Nick because it's Ryan Reynolds, and I love Ryan Reynolds and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that somewhere. Is that what you really wrote? No, <laughs> yeah, it was Ryan Reynolds. Right. He's he's trying, you know. Least favorite character is Roy. Again, I didn't I I didn't like that you couldn't understand his character. Um, my favorite scene is when they do the street the shootout in the street and Roy's explaining how ambushes work. He's yeah. like, well, there's a clock tower right there, so there's going to be a motherfucker up in there, and he shoots, and then there's one over here. Oh, no, he's not there, then he's right. You know, that was really fucking cool. Sometime the hotel guy's on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Favorite line? I didn't really have a favorite line. My favorite tertiary object was Nick's ghost-killing gun. I thought it was cool. I liked the little ghost bullets. I thought mm-hmm. it was neat. I will nay this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> 
I, I thought that it was going to be a bit better than it was, but it's just, I don't know, it was just kind of, it was too choppy and too much of a mess for me. <laughs> so my favorite character is Roy. I think he's actually quite funny and on point. Um, I just wish Jeff. I just wish he would stop doing that character so much. He doesn't yeah. a lot, and it's like just stop doing that. Just be a cowboy. But he's got to do it with that really thick yeah. accent. But I didn't actually have trouble with it. So, and I, I enjoyed his character because there was a lot of banter between them, and I think he got the best lines out of the banter. Oh, he probably did. My least favorite character is the excessive CGI. <laughs> I felt that I felt that there was stuff they did that they could have used practical effects that would have made it look better. Like I don't mind like when they go after Garza and it's the whole cutscene from a video game. That doesn't bother me and I actually think it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And but a lot of the all the dedos were C, were CGI. And I really think if they had gone with practical effects, it would have been better. And I wish they had made that choice. They certainly had the budget to make that choice. And they could have made them more distinct. Like, they yeah. were all just kind of sloppy monsters where you could have made some, like, burnt demon-looking things and some yeah. shadow creatures. And you could have really gone crazy. Yeah. Hayes is the only one that really looked different. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. And they were all... And this is a ridiculous cartoony movie, but I think it would have been better if they had made the Dedos slightly less cartoony. I agree. Scary. My first scene is the first apprehension... Uh, from, <laughs> mine is from the bit outside the door all the way to where he throws him in front of the bus. Because I, even though Jeff Bridges eating that... It's um, just icky. It turned me off. It is icky. <laughs> but Ryan Reynolds reading those cards and just being so confused about, why am I saying this? And the guy, like, practically vomiting just because he read this card. Like, his confusion was very funny to me. Mm-hmm. So I liked that part. My favorite line is, I'm not a piece of meat... Put on this earth for your sexual gratification. I'm a woman. Respect me or I will castrate you like a three-year-old steer. But I wish they had had the model say that rather than Jeff Bridges. Because some when they showed her and she would say those stupid old-timey things, it was funny. She I did w- like that they kept switching and we could see from both. My favorite tertiary object is Proctor's boots. I like the go-go boots. Ooh. I want to change my favorite character to Lopan. Okay. <laughs> I do wish we had had just a little bit more James Hong, everybody. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to hate this movie. It's silly and it's ridiculous, but it's not trying not to be silly and ridiculous. You know what you're getting into, and it's just an enjoyable, I find it enjoyable. I think there's enough good dialogue to outweigh the ridiculous CGI. But I, I could understand if you were having trouble hearing it. <laughs> I understand that completely because I've often had that in movies, but I didn't have it this time. But I, think, I understand that makes a difference. I think, I think one of my big problems with it was it is, is a similar thing problem I have with Van Helsing, where there's, there's potential there, and there's very good potential for me to love this movie, and it let me down. And that's, that's probably why I hate it more, because I think if you made this a little more serious... A little bit more serious. Made the monsters a little scarier. And, you know, because Men in Black's silly, but it's not that silly. And there's like, practical effects. And it wasn't in, until the third one, anyway. There's yeah. more practical effects in Men in Black, too, yeah. so it doesn't feel quite as fake. Yeah. Because Ron Reynolds and Jeff Bridges are just as good as Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Will Smith. Smith yeah. Like, the, it, the actors aren't, you know, not of the same quality. It's the same quality actors. It's yeah. just, you know. Yeah. The overall feel I of do it. kind of wish they had let us see Lopan try to talk to her. 
And how did it come out? Right. <laughs> I know. You could have done a lot more scenes with at him. the track. Yeah. If they if, at the track, if we had just seen, because you see that flash of him, and if he would just been saying nonsense, it would have been funny. Yeah. Carly. Hey, please find us on facebookcom slash underappreciated movie podcast on Twitter at <clears throat> movie podcast and on Instagram at movie podcast dogs. Um, you can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. I forgot what I was going to say there. And please go back and listen to all our previous episodes. Let us know what you think about this and many of the movies we've covered. And konnichiwa, bitches. And tune in next week on the podcast. It's John's pick. It's my Halloween pick. And you know what? Tony and I were discussing this. And we were like, wow, what movie takes place during Halloween but isn't like all about Halloween? And he had a great idea. I'm like, perfect, I'm going to do it. It's trick-or-treating in it. It's Batman forever. <laughs> That's underappreciated? Yes. <laughs> Not quite as much as Batman and Robin. <laughs> Batman forever. Which one? That's the Val Kilmer one, That's right? That's the Val Kilmer one, yeah. Jim Carrey. People shit all over this movie. Because um, it wasn't Burton, it was Schumacher. There's a lot of movies like that too where when you go see it, you're like, fuck this movie. But then when you get a few years, you're like, you know, it's, I didn't, again, I didn't like it because it didn't fit the, it didn't fit the mold that I thought it was going to be. Right. I, there's some people, like the We Hate Movies guys, actually think that Batman Forever is the worst one. Really? When they, really? On a re, they rewatched them and they think that this one is actually the worst, which no. I thought was. I have, to no. re, I have to rewatch them, but I thought. I, I'm, I, I may be one of the few people, but I like Jim Carrey's Riddler. I when, he's, have, when he's not going, get, there's a couple parts where he goes a little too far. But when he's just normal Jim Carrey Riddler, I thought it was really good. I don't have a problem with Jim Carrey's Riddler, and I didn't have a problem with Tommy Lee Jones' toothpaste either. Well, riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black? Guy? My. We'll find out next week. <laughs> I'm gonna wait. Problem. I was gonna tell you what my big problem with this movie is, but I'm gonna wait for the Same podcast. <laughs> oh, you're gonna shit on my movie? No. Shut but I do have a problem with one of the characters in that movie. Oh, okay. Well, can't wait to find out about that. <laughs>